welcome to Spirit of the Camino, a podcast about the unique and magical experience that is the Camino de Santiago. Join us on this adventure and discover the spirit of the Camino for yourself. Hello, and welcome back to the Spirit of the Camino podcast. We are still in Santiago de Compostela, and I'm here once again with Darren to talk about the second part of our pilgrimage. Hello. Hello again. And we're also here with Wendy, who joined for the last few days. I did. I tagged along for four days. Right. So you had a bit of a whirlwind trip because after we finished our Camino, you went off to Canada to do three days of work Mm -hmm. and then came back and then decided to join us for a few days. Yeah, you actually wanted me to join for the whole thing, the whole second half. And I was like, no, I'm not ready to do that yet. But yeah, I joined you in Pontevedra. And so we did the Variante Espiritual together and walked into Santiago together again for the second time in two or three weeks. Right. So as we said last time, once we had finished the Salvador, the obvious choice was to walk the Primitivo. But we didn't quite have the time to do the entire Primitivo. And we were going to walk it to Lugo. And then for a variety of reasons, we decided not to do that. Um, And so there were a few good reasons, I think. One was that it would have been cool and was cool to give you the opportunity, Darren, to walk into Santiago, which is what we ultimately did, Um, and also to have Wendy join us. And the other thing was the Salvador kind of wrecked us a little bit. Yeah, I I was having some some feet problems. And I needed a couple of days to to recover to rest. Uh, yeah, there was a, there was some muscle strain and like you know there was some aches and pains. We were wobbling. Made a joke a, a bit, calling <laughs> calling ourselves the the penguinos um, for our, our the way we would walk at the end of the day. But uh, I needed a, I needed a, a few days break, and so that also um, pushed us towards a different route than the uh, primitivo. Yeah, and there were quite a few penguins on the Salvador. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All of the ups and downs uh, were quite difficult. So yeah, everybody was kind of happy to, to finish that. Um, so what we decided to do was to relocate ourselves uh, eventually to Tui, which is the first town in Spain on the Camino Portugues. And obviously, Wendy and I have walked this previously, which we talked about in season one of our podcast, but we just thought that this would be just a, a good thing to do for a variety of reasons, uh, as I mentioned. And so, Darren, I guess the first thing is that once you get onto something like the Camino Portugues, which is the second most popular of the Caminos, that's a different feel from the Salvador, which is quite a remote Camino that's you know not that well traveled. So, did you notice that kind of straight away? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, the the first thing is that there were lots of of albergues and and hostels uh, uh, and all kinds of options that were for um, for. I mean, it seemed kind of like for tourists, but they're but they're also just all f- for pilgrims, and uh, and lots of food options, lots of play- I mean, and we had to go from at least two different albergues to to find uh, to find beds, and uh, so right away there was you could get a feel that there's going to be more people on the road. Yeah, I mean, Tui is this popular starting point for for some Spaniards or even for international people because it's basically the last hundred kilometers a little bit more than the last hundred kilometers and there are I think five or six albergues and yeah we were used to having one on the Salvador and then sometimes you had to you know be a bit creative to to find your one um and so yeah I mean that that was different straight away but Tui is a a really nice town um we basically arrived and it was kind of raining a bit but then we explored a little bit and we went to the cathedral which we really enjoyed 
Yeah. And we went up onto the onto the roof, and then you could look over into Portugal because, of course, Valença, which is the Portuguese town on on the border, is right there, and you can see it perfectly well uh, from Twi. So that was a little, you know, nostalgia for me from my adopted home country to look over the river and and see that. But that you get great views from the rooftop of the Twi Cathedral. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed the cathedral there, and, and uh, especially the rooftop. I I, I just like climbing up things and looking around, and I thought that was. Uh, I thought that was a little bit of a bonus to be able to do that. So, um, and uh, yeah, I, so I really enjoyed Tui. I thought that was a really nice uh, place to start. And so basically what our plan was, was that we had given ourselves three days to get to Pontevedra and then we'd arranged to meet up with Wendy. And then I looked back, you know, as we were kind of planning this on what Wendy and I had done before. And we walked that in two days. And we did a 33k day from Tui to Redondela, which is kind of a long day for us. That is a very long day for us. Yeah, I don't remember being totally wrecked when we arrived in Redondela. Oh, I remember you being totally wrecked. Okay, because I'm sure I was. (laughs) Because the last part into Redondela is kind of a a downhill and it's on asphalt. And Mm. uh, yeah, it's a a bit of a tough entrance after a really long day. Um, But that's kind of the typical stage. That's the Gronce stage, for example, and then Redondela to Pontevedra. Um, and so what Darren and I decided to do, because we had the three days, was to go a little bit off stage. And so we stayed in a village called Moss, um, which we enjoyed doing. And, and Wendy and I remember walking through Moss and Wendy loved it. Actually, I did. I, I had a wonderful impression of Moss. So I don't know if you guys loved it quite as much as I did. But yeah, I have very fond memories, very brief memories, because we just passed through, really. But I remember thinking, wow, this is a really lovely village. Yeah, I mean, we'd worked out the distances and thought, okay, Moss would actually be a good place to stop. And I was saying to Darren, yeah, it's this little village. Wendy really likes it. And we looked in Wise Pilgrim. And he said basically the same thing as you had said. He said, oh, this is a fantastic place. It's perfect. It's a brilliant little pilgrim village. And then he kind of said, and I've got to be careful here not to oversell it. You know, it's just a village with a church and an albergue. But, mm-hmm. you know, I really, really liked it. Um, and so that was kind of the way that I presented it to you. So I don't know what you thought of it in the end. No, I mean, you had me at Wendy really likes it. <laughs> that was it. And that's, that's, that was good enough. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought it was, a, it was a great little, it was a great little town. I mean, not even a little town. There were, I don't know, 20 buildings in the whole, in the whole place. But uh, they, it looks like it has a bunch of recent investment, you know, the, the albergue is nice, it's got a nice park, um, they've, they've got the palace there that they're, that they're pushing with a big old parking lot where people come and visit, <laughs> and uh, several, several pretty decent restaurants. Yeah, I mean, it's always interesting, you know, when you're on a Camino and you're going village to village, right? And, but not all villages are created equal, and there's lots of different types of villages and, and different levels of... You know, whether the villa, you know, oftentimes you feel like the village is, is dying, you know, there's mm-hmm. not really much keeping it going. Maybe the Camino is keeping it going a little bit. And then you come to a village like Moss and you see it, it's almost this kind of affluent village where all the houses look really nice and there's lots of flowers everywhere and they've really tried hard to, to present the village in a, in a really nice way. And you walk in and you're like, oh wow, this is great. Yeah, totally. And, uh, and, and then we ended up at the, at the municipal, right? Albergue. And, uh, well, I thought that was pretty nice. It has a bunch of smaller rooms, so you're split up between. Um, e- even if it if it holds quite a few pilgrims, I think. Yeah, it does because the it's on two levels. That's it's right. On two floors, and so we got told to go to one floor in particular. And yeah, there are there were three or four rooms just with between two and six bunks, I think. And so yeah, there, there are actually quite a few pilgrims who chose to do that. We kind of thought oh, if we skip 
Redondela and stop earlier in Moss, you know, maybe we'll be, you know, almost the only ones there, but there were probably, I don't know, let's say 20 people there. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. And so as part of this kind of off stage, then the next day we walked to a town called Arcade, um, which is quite well known for a couple of things. And, you know, it was funny as we were walking, there were certain things that I remembered having walked this before and other things that I hadn't remembered. And then when we came to it, I'd say, oh yeah, of course, I remember this. And one of the things that I had told you about were the painted uh, hiking boots, which are two hiking boots. One is painted blue in the direction of Fatima and one is painted yellow in the direction of Santiago. And I couldn't really remember where it was. And when we walked the first day into Moss, I thought, oh, maybe we've missed it or maybe it's, it's not there anymore or maybe it's back in Portugal. I'd kind of forgotten where it was. Um, but then it turned out it's just before this, this village of Arcade. So you come and you see uh, the two boots with two shells and, and arrows pointing in either way. And that's cool. That's a nice little um, marker on the, on the Camino Portugues, I think. Yeah, I think I thought it was, I thought it was, and it, it, was a, it was a bit of a surprise because it's right when you come down uh, onto a bigger road from, a, from maybe a forest, a more forested path. And, uh, and there they are just on the side of the road. And, and I remember, you, and then you were just like, oh my God, there they are. <laughs> yeah, because I kind of, it was again, one of these things that I'd sort of hyped up. I said, oh, we're going to see this really cool thing. And then I thought, oh, maybe we're not going to see it. Maybe we've missed it or whatnot, but there it was. Um, and Arcade also has this uh, bridge, uh, Roman bridge uh, with, I think, medieval additions to it, which is at the end of town. So if you walk through town, you walk past it. And again, it was this a thing where when Wendy and I walked, we didn't stay there. So you just walk over the bridge and then you go on your way. It's always interesting to see, you know, if you stay in a village, you know, that changes your perception of it because then you eat there and then you sleep there and you get to walk around a little bit more. And so we went down to the bridge, you know, in the late afternoon and we had a drink at the at the bar that's there, which is called Romana. Um, got our stamp and did all that good stuff. Yep. Um, and then there's a really nice walkway that goes kind of around the what would you call it? like the bay that that ends up sort of emptying into this river which is where the bridge is and so you walk kind of uh, around and, and you see all these boats and and you see these other bridges and that was cool and that was something that we completely missed the first time i thought that was a really cool walk i mean that really uh that really made the the stay in arcade for me i mean, I mean we had a decent we had a decent albergue up uh, up on the hill um off the road and that, that was really comfortable and uh but but having that that walk spending that time uh just relaxing by the bridge and i mean great views of the bridge we had a really nice day um able to see a lot of a lot of good light on there for for first taking some photos and and that walk was beautiful and then it wrapped all the way around past under the bridges uh, under the other bridges the modern bridges and then uh, just all along the coast where we saw basically it seemed like a, a whole bunch of town folk just um, just out enjoying the day with the, with your kids. There's a bunch of play areas and restaurants along the along the beach area. Um, that was really nice. And then we from there we sort of walked back up. We had a restaurant that we wanted to go to, which was on the main road, and actually at that point off the Camino. So we were walking back against the grain, walking back south to get to this restaurant on the main road, and then we saw this wall, which was on the on the left side of the road as we were walking up the hill. And it's this wall that was whitewashed and it had a cross stuck to it. And then it had all of these shells, these Camino shells stuck to it. And they were all painted in different colors. And it was, it was really unusual because it didn't seem to be connected with any kind of business. It was just somebody's house, I guess. Um, but the funny thing was, it's not actually on the Camino trail. 
and it's facing in the wrong direction from the Camino. And so I think certainly the first time that we walked through, we didn't see that at all. And I think most people completely miss it. And so I took a picture of it and, you know, put it on Instagram and some people were saying, oh, we didn't see this when we came into this town and there's no real reason for you to see it. So someone's gone to a lot of effort to put up something that looks really cool for pilgrims, but unfortunately most pilgrims don't see it. And we just happened to get lucky that we were walking in the wrong direction uh, to get to this restaurant and, uh, and we saw it. So that was a nice little you know, pilgrim touch there for us. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe maybe it will get seen more in the future. I mean, I think that, that breaking that section into three days is, is not as uncommon as you might have thought because it seems like a lot of pilgrims were doing that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a when you have a chance to stay in a bigger town, you often do that because of the facilities and the services, right? So the Redondela, for example, okay, you've got a lot of albergues, you've got supermarkets, you've got restaurants. And so there's a tendency to think, okay, that's going to be a really good place for us to stay. But often, you know, you can still buy stuff at the supermarket if you pass through, for example. But often if you stay in these littler places along the way, uh, you can get maybe more out of that. You know, you talk to some people, it's more a village atmosphere. I think, Wendy, that's something that that we found out on the San Andres as well. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And especially on a more popular route like the Portugues, if, if you know the crowds are getting to be a bit too much for you, then a good way to avoid that can be to kind of go off stage, you know, and not follow the more common stages of staying in uh, these popular towns and instead, you know, staying in small little uh, Casas Rurales or just, you know, more out of the way places. And then you also feel like the trail is much quieter when you're walking too, because, you know, you're out of sync with the crowds. And so they're starting a few hours before you or a few hours after you. And so you don't meet up with them during the day on the walk either. Yeah. And then the other aspect is, you know, for me, having done this walk before, it was cool to stay in a couple of places that I hadn't stayed in before. And as we've said, kind of explore those a little bit. And it just gives you a different experience perhaps from from what you had the first time and so that was cool i think for me was to have some familiarity with uh, some of the the things that i'd seen before um you know i remember there was one particular uh, place i think on the first day or the second day it's it's a very popular place for pictures but basically you come to this almost this river and you've got these not quite stepping stones but a kind of stone almost pathway to one side and then you have vineyards and it's just a really really nice scene and it was just something that i'd kind of forgotten about um but then we came to it and it was really nice and we spent some time taking photos and trying to remove some of the brown leaves from the foreground <laughs> so that we could have better shots well that yeah that was that was a really that was a, a really impressive i mean it was a really short bit of trail I don't. I can't remember how long it was. Not, not even two hundred meters, maybe. But, but um, uh, it was it was beautiful, and and uh, we caught it at a great time of day, and uh, yeah, we just I think we just stopped and, and looked at it and, and put our cameras out, and that was that was a really nice piece of trail. And I think there was a lot of those uh, throughout the walks, these little surprising bits. Yeah, and I think that leads us to to the sort of difference in nature or in scenery from the Salvador to the Portuguese. For example, in Salvador, we didn't see, I don't think, any vineyards at all. 
No. Literally not a single one. And then as soon as we arrived on the Portuguese, we started seeing vineyards a lot. And as we were walking kind of at the end of June, we were starting to see uh, some grapes. And some of them were very small in some vineyards. Some of them were a bit further along and were, were more or less yep. uh, full-sized, let's say. But that was cool to walk in, in among the vineyards. And, you know, we were able to sort of do some creative shots and, and things like that. But did you find, you know, having walked a little bit in Castile and Leon and then Asturias, you know, once we hit Galicia, did you feel that difference uh, or see that difference in the, in the scenery or in the trail and things like that? I mean, yeah, I think, I think you pointed out a lot of the main differences for me. Um, one of the, I mean, obviously the Portuguese is not a mountain, it's not a mountain trail. So, so um, the Salvador had trained us up for, for really big ups and downs And uh, when we got to the Portuguese, it was just like, oh, this is going to be a difficult day. There's, you know, 300 meters of up or something like that. And we were just like, come on. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, there was that. There, there was a, a, probably a good amount more road walking and, uh, and that. But, uh, and, and, the, and the vineyards that you mentioned. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the feel of the place was also different. Um, it, was, it was more populous. There was... There was much more kind of uh, human presence everywhere. Even if we were in the, even if we were kind of rural spaces, it was still fields of, of some some kind. Yeah, and and we also saw in, in several occasions a lot of or, or several locals walking along the, the path. If we were in a place where we were kind of near a town, but there was a nice little river walk, we'd see people with their dogs or people getting some exercise and things like that. So we would see uh, a lot more people. And then the other aspect to that was that on the Salvador, especially on those mountain stages, there are almost no services. And we were carrying a lot of food, especially because we split that mountain stage into two. That meant that we, there were no shops for two whole days or even more than yeah, two whole days. That's right. And just one place to eat at Pajaras, which was not the best meal that we had either. Um, and so, you know, in the Portuguese, we didn't have those problems. You know, you always kind of knew that you were going to come up at least once a day to a, a town with a supermarket or, or, or something like that. So uh, it just meant we didn't have to plan as heavily in terms of meals or, or even places to stay. You know, we didn't have bookings in the places that we went to uh, in Moss and Arcade. We just kind of showed up and, and yeah. figured that we could get it better than we could. And so we came to Pontevedra, which is one of the seven cities of Galicia. Wendy, do you want to tell us a little bit about Pontevedra? Hmm, you're putting me on the spot here. Pontevedra, well, it has a bridge, uh, as the name might suggest, because Ponte actually means bridge. Um, what can I say about it? It's a very nice little, you know, a stone city. Uh, with a beautiful old city center. Uh, there's a church, a really unusually shaped church. I don't know quite how you would describe it. It's like a concave uh, facade, uh, so kind of a curved, rounded facade. I think overall it's quite a charming city. It feels yeah. like it's a small city. If you yeah. if you look at the seven cities of Galicia, if you look at, say, Vigo, for example, that's mm. a, a kind of large industrial city. Yes. Um, and, and Pontevedra is, is quite charming and small uh, in that way. And so we spent the afternoon there once you'd arrived and, and walked around and enjoyed that. Uh, and then from there we decided to walk the Variante Spiritual. And as we talked about in the first season of our podcast, that's something that we really liked. And that was uh, something I was really looking forward to getting back to. And maybe that was the draw that uh, that made you decide to come with us. Well, I think 
hanging out with Darren was mostly the draw that made me decide to come come with you. Yeah, I I wasn't like really desperate to do this trail again because that's something that we've never done. We've never walked the same Camino before. We always walk a different one each year. And even when we walked the Camino de Madrid, which does connect with the Frances, we once we got to that connecting point, we just ended our Camino there. We didn't continue on the Frances that we had already done. So um, yeah, that was a that was an interesting experience. It was a different. I felt like it was a very different experience this time, you know, because the three of us were walking together and the dynamic was different. But yeah, the Bariante Espiritual is really beautiful. So I was looking forward to seeing that again too. Yeah, it was one of those things where, and the same thing can happen sometimes, which, is talk, which we talked about off air, was that, you know, maybe if, you, if you're traveling, if you go back to a country for a second time that you really, really liked, maybe the second time you might not like it as much and then that might color your... Uh, your impressions of the country and so there was a little, yeah I don't know I mean we love the Variante Spirituale so I thought oh, I wonder if we'll like it as much the second time I think what helped is that both times um, the first time which was in uh, early October of 2020 and this time we had amazing weather for those two days of walking mm-hmm. uh, and that always helps um, yeah. and so if it was yeah. cold and raining and everything we would have thought oh god why did we do this a second time now we've you know forgotten what it was what it was like the first time but you know, it, it's such an interesting part. The first day, it's kind of packed with these highlights. You pass two monasteries. You go to Combarro by the seaside. You see the seaside orios. There was quite a lot of road walking, which I'd sort of forgotten about on that first day. Um, but there's enough interesting stuff that you're seeing to, to really make it interesting. So what did you make, Darren, of that first day? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I liked the first day a lot. It was... Um... I mean, wasn't, wasn't that the, the stage where we, had, we actually had a good bit of forest walk? as well on that one yeah because after you climb up from Combarro um, up and you get that view looking looking over then there's quite a lot of forest yeah as you go to, to Amantera I mean I think some of it's eucalyptus or quite a bit of it's eucalyptus yeah um, so I, I mean I enjoyed I liked I liked Combarro so I thought that was uh, I thought it was really cool so I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, I love the uh, Orios in uh, Asturias uh, they're they're very different and now here they are and uh, they're they're stone and they're um, they're much narrower and smaller, um, but they're still extremely picturesque, and uh, so it's really fun to see those. And, and you've kind of you you again you were like, oh, you like these you like these audios uh, that Nick was uh, uh, asking me, and uh, while we were doing the the uh, the Salvador, and he was like, hmm, hmm, okay, hmm, and uh, yeah, giving a little bit hints in there that there might be some really cool things to see. Yeah, because. Uh, in Asturias, or and on the Salvador in general, even in Castile and Leon, the, the Oreos, they still call them Oreos, but they're larger and basically square. Um, and some of them were, were dressed up really beautifully with lots of flowers. Yeah. Some of them had, you know, hanging uh, pumpkins and other gourds and things, which looked really cool. But there's a huge space underneath, and some people use them for car parks, or some people use them uh, to keep their dogs or chickens, or chickens or other storage. And I'd sort of forgotten about that from a study. So I don't really remember on the Primitivo if if there are a lot of those types of audios. No, I don't remember that at all, really. Um, yeah, I definitely think of audios as something that I relate exclusively with Galicia so that was interesting to hear that they also have their own kind of Orios in Asturias yeah and I kept saying oh when we get to Galicia we're going to see these Orios but they're much narrower and they're much smaller um, and so yeah they're interesting in, in, in their own way um, we wanted to stay in the monastery in Amantera 
Uh, unfortunately, it was booked out and we were unable to because that was a, a bit of a regret of ours from our previous time on the Variante Spiritual. So we stayed in the albergue and it was quite full. Yeah, and that was quite a contrast because the previous time we were the only people staying there. It was completely empty and this time it was, yeah, almost completely full. But we were able to go and see the Pilgrim Blessing, uh, which took place at the monastery uh, with the nuns. And so that was uh, an interesting experience. What did you make of that? Yeah, I was glad that we did it. Uh, I thought it was interesting to, you know, get a little glimpse into life in the convent for the nuns. There was one who was really young, uh, probably in her 20s or 30s at the most, and then the rest of them were quite old. And there were only a handful of them anyway, I think maybe six, six or seven in total. And they sang some songs and then they um, they interacted with us quite a lot. You know, there was one who was speaking directly to the, the pilgrims. I think we were all pilgrims who were there, although I suppose anyone could have come. Um, and so they gave us a blessing and, you know, wished us well on our way to Santiago. And uh, they actually did it in multiple languages, which I really thought was pretty cool. So they said, we're going to do it in Spanish and English. And then they asked, is there anyone who speaks French here? Is there anyone who speaks Italian or Portuguese? And I think they ended up not doing French. I don't think there was anyone who requested French, uh, but they did do it in four languages which was really nice. Yeah. And so, you know, we don't do the Camino ourselves for religious reasons, and Darren, you either. Um, but what was that like to, to kind of see that or to have that experience? Because probably on the Salvador, you know, we didn't necessarily have um, that kind of experience at a, at a working convent or things like that. We saw churches and, and whatnot, but we didn't really get the, the living religion aspect of it, I suppose. I really, I really enjoyed it. I mean, you know, yeah, that, that kind of, it's not part of my, uh, normal life. Um, so, so, but, but also having that kind of on the Camino, it's, you know, whether we're religious or not, it's, it's a, it's a good reminder to kind of reflect a little bit about kind of what this, what this might mean for us, um, and, and why we're doing these kinds of, uh, these kinds of long walks. And so that, I, I thought, I like that. And there was one thing that the nun, that you, Wendy, that you referred to, who was speaking to us a lot, said, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, and she was talking about how the yellow arrows are the, the symbol of the Camino and, and of your journey and whatnot. And she was saying, you know, if you are doing it for religious reasons, you're going to deepen your uh, relationship with God. And if you're not doing it for religious reasons, you, you will find uh, knowledge uh, along the way or, or something like that. And I thought that was interesting, the way that she, you know, separated those two and and didn't assume or didn't try to say that everybody was doing it for religious reasons but talked about how if you if you weren't doing it for that you could still get a lot out of it uh, you know through the journey and so I thought that was interesting as well I mean I think she was probably hoping that we would come closer to God through the experience um, she, yeah she did say something about knowledge and wisdom but I think it was knowledge and wisdom of God um, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah it was nice that she was being inclusive of everyone in that way and then my favorite part of the variante spiritual is the water and stone route which is the first few kilometers out of amantera in in this forest 
where there's a river going through and there are all these waterfalls and there are all these ruins of these old stone mills uh, which used to operate in the river. And I'd been talking this up to you, Darren, and because you're a forest lover. I love um, it. And so I hope I didn't talk it up too much. Um, but I don't think I did because you were slower than I was the next day taking photos through, oh, yeah. uh, through that section. So I, I guess you did like it a lot. I loved it. I mean, we, we actually, when we got to Amantera, we, um, we rested for a short bit and then, uh, uh, you encouraged, you encouraged me and, and, and both of us walked, uh, a, sh- a very short distance down into the next day's, um, uh, route and it, it was already I was like oh my god this is going to be fantastic it's it was it's beautiful in there yeah I'm sure we mentioned this in, in season one of our, of our podcast as well but uh, yeah I highly recommend doing that because the albergue is kind of past Amantada by almost a kilometer I think but it's right at the entrance to this forest section and if you arrive the day before if the weather's nice especially and if you have energy just go down into it just for a little bit uh, because the light is really great and when you go the next morning uh, it'll be quite dark uh, even if it's a sunny day that it takes a while for the sun to penetrate the forest and because the sunrise in spain is later because it's on the wrong time zone as we know um so yeah both times having gone in the afternoon before and just walked a little bit around in, at the water and stone route uh, that was really worthwhile so i encourage everybody to do that yeah me too that was amazing and then it was quite funny the next morning because we, when we, as soon as we went in, we had to decide whether we were going to walk all together or not. Mm. Um, and then I think we decided that Darren and I would take a lot of photos and Wendy, you would just zoom, zoom past <laughs> and then we would catch up with you, you know, hours later. Yeah, I mean, I was, I don't think I was zooming. I, I was, you know, walking slowly and trying to soak it up. But yeah, I wasn't taking any photos. So obviously I was going a lot faster ultimately. And um, I stopped in this little place, which I think you guys didn't pass by this time, but it's uh, basically a remake of a typical Galician village, but with stone sculptures. And so it's kind of a miniature village and there's a miniature stone church and a um, lavadoiro, like the washing area, and an orrio and a cruzeiro, you know, all the typical things that you see in a Galician village are there in stone and then there are stone villagers you know the statues of the villagers are there as well so yeah it's a nice peaceful little place and I stayed there for a little while and ate some breakfast and then eventually we met up right after the the route yeah and so that was again a highlight for me to walk through that um that area again of course, the final part of the Variante Espiritual is the Traslatio boat trip in the wake of Santiago. And that was, again, a different experience for us in terms of people, because when we did it in October of 2020, we were concerned that there weren't going to be enough people to fill the boat. I think it was a five person minimum and we actually had five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was quite roomy and spacious on the boat. Uh, this time it was not so roomy and spacious. They filled that thing. Yeah. And there were, what, 25 I believe 28 when I was doing the booking of our our boat seats uh, on the website from what I could tell the most you know because I was looking at different dates um, and 
and it seems like 28 was the most that was ever available. So I think that's the full capacity of the boat. But it's not a large boat. So, I mean, you're really, you know, sitting lots of people side by side and not much room to maneuver. Yeah. yeah. So that was a bit of a different experience for us. But Dan, for you being the first time on this boat, what did you make of that, that whole trip up the river and seeing the crosses and, and all that? I, I really liked it. I mean, again, we really lucked out, I think, with whether the, you know, a, a, a dawn boat ride... Uh, with uh, nearly clear skies to start with was it was it was it was beautiful and luckily they allowed us to be out um, in the outdoor part and as much as we wanted pretty much and so and so I I, I tried to ride most of the trip out there uh, just just looking at everything and and uh, I don't mind the, the the cold breeze and the the rock of the boat or anything like that I really enjoyed that and so I had a great time on the on the back of the boat there just uh, just soaking it all up yeah and then we didn't once we got off the boat because some people especially if it's that early boat it was a 7 a.m departure will then walk all the way to Santiago on the same day and we talked to a couple of people on the boat I think who were doing that and that's a well you've got to walk to Padron and then on so you're looking at 26 ish kilometers from the boat and I guess we didn't because last time when we took the boat it was at midday because mm-hmm, it depends uh, on the tides it depends on the tides and so there's one point in particular uh, when you're on the boat where they stop and basically say this is the part where the tides are really key and if the tide is really low you can actually walk uh, across the river I mean yeah. I'm sure there's still some water I mean maybe you're walking ankle deep or knee deep or whatnot but it's not deep enough for the for the boat um, and, and so, he said at the time that we were there there was two meters of water which I assume was the height I assume they do it at the height of the high tide and that's really not a lot of water so um, yeah you can tell that the tides really do have a huge difference but we hadn't exactly planned this or weren't exactly aware of the time of the boat when we started to kind of plan this part of our Camino. And so we gave ourselves another day to get to Santiago, but that was fine because we had two short days. We walked about 10 or 12 kilometers, I think, from the boat, and we stayed in this village called uh, Arial. Mm-hmm. And that was really nice. And it was kind of a fluke because we were just looking at accommodation that was kind of around halfway between Padron and Santiago. And then Darren, you found this place. And we just kind of got it because it was the cheapest place. Yeah. Because it wasn't on the main road, but it turned out it was a really nice little village. I, I really like that village. It was a, it's this tiny little village um, far enough off the main road that you can't really hear it, but um, close enough that it's, uh, you know, there's no... There's, I mean, it's actually on the Camino Arial. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, it, was no, it was no extra walking for us. Uh, to be up here and and it, it was great it was a little bit up high we got some views um and it's a and it's this quiet little beautiful little town yeah and so right above where we were staying there was a group of audios and so we went up there at sunset and that was really cool and we, we could see you know in the distance we could see the sun setting behind the mountains and you, know, you and i were doing some silhouette photos of the audios and yeah it was it was really nice and peaceful but like you said you could walk sort of 10 minutes to get to the main road and then there were some restaurants and bars and then there were other accommodation options but once we walked the next day towards Santiago on that road for a section we we saw some of these hotels that we had considered yeah and we were really glad that we didn't stay there and we chose this this village instead so that kind of continued the theme of picking villages over mm-hmm. uh, over services perhaps mm-hmm. uh, because if we'd stayed at you know we had to walk quite a while to get to a restaurant for example for dinner but okay that was fine yeah uh, especially we... because we had walked a short day anyway so yeah. we weren't really tired at the end of the day 
And then, of course, we walked into Santiago the next day, which was part of the purpose of switching this idea from a, a shortened primitivo to the Portuguese. You know, Wendy's talked a lot previously on the podcast about walking into Santiago and the different emotions and, and things like that. So, Darren, what was it like for you to you know, finish your Camino walking into into the, the destination city? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was it, it was a mix. I mean, I was ex- I was excited to, to be there. I was excited to have to have had this opportunity to do this this trip and and uh, with you too, and uh, but I was also sad. Um, I mean, uh, it was compared to some of the caminos that you guys have walked. This one was a bit of a short one, and um, and and yeah, it did. It, I felt like I wanted to do more walking. I kind of want to keep walking. Uh, so, so it's sad that uh, that it's that it, that it was the ending, um, but it's a it's an amazing place to end. I mean, walking mm-hmm. into that, uh, I guess it's a plaza, mm-hmm. and uh, and and uh, the, it's it's quite an impressive cathedral. The the facing of it is incredible, and um, and and of course you're not alone when you walk in there, and there's. Um, hundreds of of pilgrims who have also just finished too, and they're and they're in all in all kinds of positions and postures. Some are laying down, um, some are some are you know leaning against the the pillars of the of the buildings on the edges, you know, with their with their boots off and their feet steaming, and uh, you know others are are celebrating and taking pictures. We even saw a group of children come out, and and uh, I don't think they were pilgrims, but they. They just started singing and dancing, and and uh, it, it kind of added to the the kind of celebratory mood, um, and so that that kind of brushed away some of the some of the uh, maybe sadder feelings, um, and it was just really nice to be in that plaza and and to you know think about what uh, what would have done over the past couple of weeks and and uh, yeah just enjoy the moment. Very well said. All right. And so with that, that brings us to the end of our Camino and the end of the season of our podcast. Thank you all for listening. And until we meet again, buen Camino. Buen Camino. And bo Camino. Thanks for listening. For more great content about the Camino de Santiago, visit our website at spiritofthecamino.com. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Spirit of the Camino. Buen Camino.